Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast in partnership with Najahi Events. More about them later. Today's topic, celebrities, but a certain type of celebrity. So let's get stuck in. Britney Spears has been one of the most famous pop icons since 1988, but for the last 13 years she's been under a court-ordered conservatorship, a form of legal guardianship which has restricted nearly all aspects of her life. The conservatorship is controlled by her father, which grants him the legal right to make decisions on everything from her finances, work commitments, health and personal life. Details of the arrangement have been kept out of public view, yet Britney Spears has been forced to produce records and perform lucrative shows, earning millions of dollars for those around her. But now Britney is confronting the people and the structures that have ruled her life for over a decade. Now, why this might be about a famous pop star, you know I'm not into celebrity gossip. What I'm more interested in is understanding how people with large amounts of wealth, which many of you have, can get caught up into something as frightening as these conservatorship cases can be. So I'm talking to a guy called Scott Rahn today, and he's an LA-based lawyer that specializes in this subject. He knows an awful lot about this case, and I really want to get to the bottom of what's going on here. No sensationalization, no drama, no hashtag free Britney, okay? I really want to understand what's going on, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I do. Well, Scott, thanks for taking the time to come and join us today, all the way from Los Angeles. It's uh, it's nice that you've come to join us, but it's even more important that you're joining us about a subject that seems to be on the tips of everyone's tongues, that everyone's talking about it right now, and really leaning into this famous celebrity who's made this word conservative shit quite concerning. So just first of all, everybody knows, as I've just explained who you are and what you do, just explain what conservative shit is. Sure. And thank you for having me, Spencer. I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about this. At bottom, a conservatorship is simply the court appointing somebody to make decisions, life decisions for someone who is incapable of making them for themselves, whether it deals with their health care or their finances. Essentially, you're putting someone in someone else's shoes. So... That seems quite sensible. So let's say I've got a parent who has, I don't know, Alzheimer's or Parkinson's and stuff like that. Would, would that be who it would apply to typically? Exactly. I think the most common example I like to use is a person who's had a stroke, right? Because that's a life event that doesn't necessarily come over a period of years. It usually comes on and then someone is in need of immediate help because they can no longer manage their affairs. And this conservatorship that's been around, has it been around like for the last decade or has this thing been going on for the last 50, 100 years? Conservatorships have been around for a long, long time. And when we, when we think about it, it, that's basically a good thing because it's helping people that are in a position that can't make decisions themselves to protect them from making potentially bad decisions or being influenced by others and I don't know, a very old lady being very vulnerable, et cetera. So that, that makes a lot of sense. But right now we have in the news and have now had for the last few months in the news, Britney Spears making this word and this term a very big deal. And from a completely different perspective from the one you've just explained it from. So, so why is that? It's different because one, she's a public figure, 
right? She was, you know, from the beginning of her career with the Mickey Mouse Club and then going solo and her relationship with Justin and so on and so forth. She was America's sweetheart, right? So she had the country's and perhaps the world's heart. And to see someone this young struggle as she did and then be involved in the conservatorship process, it brings a lot of attention to the issue and in a very empathetic way. I think empathy applies to all of these cases because in each of them, again, you're having to make really difficult decisions for someone who's compromised. But in Brittany's case, you have someone who's young. She's still young. And to see someone that young be in a conservatorship for this long, at this point, a third of her life, um, is something that we don't normally see. And we don't normally get to see it because most of the people that conservatorships affect are not public figures. It, are, are there case studies, are there examples of young people being put through this process that exist, not with celebrities, but in, that exist in the States already? There really aren't statistics. These things are not necessarily tracked for those kinds of determinations. Uh, but there are certainly any number of young people who are conserved every year for various reasons, whether it's mental health reason, reasons, substance abuse issues, um, strokes. Young people can suffer from them as well. Um, aneurysms, other health conditions that simply put them in a position where they need someone to help them. So when this happens to Brittany, was it right that it happened to her then? Was it the right course of events? Should she have gone through this process, do you think? Or do you think there's, as we see in the press, an undercurrent of wrongdoing involved in there? Yeah, I, I mean, I think nothing's black and white when you get into these situations. I think they're very difficult circumstances because it's conservatorships are unnatural. It's not natural to ask anyone to manage someone else's affairs, right? You can't know necessarily what their decisions would be, right? It's like when almost when you're a child and your parents making decisions for you, right? They're making the best decisions for you based on their experience and what they think is best for you, but it might not be the same decision that you would make. With Brittany's case, when she was initially conserved those 13 years ago, looking at what was happening with her and understanding what at least has been released publicly about her circumstances at the time, yes, I think that conservatorship was entirely appropriate. She was reeling, going down a, a rabbit hole um, based on things that were being uh, thrust upon her by some people who seemed to not have her best interest at heart. We see a lot on television and various documentaries that exist out there about the pressure she was under, being harassed by the press and the paparazzi on a consistent basis. It's obviously the world famous images of her shaving her hair, which obviously um, frightened, startled, surprised many, many people. Do you, do you think that the price of fame can leak? Because we see other people that, you know, get a bit mad, don't they, after after becoming famous, whether it's Michael Jackson as an example, or, I mean, I could list many of them, that just seem to, to go a bit 
go a bit gaga almost. It you know drives them to the point where they didn't sign up for that in the first place. You know, becoming famous and be successful and making lots of money is one thing, but all that goes with it, it just is is just not what any anybody that gets into that industry signs up for. Well, I think that everybody signs up for the positive parts of <laughs> fame, the the riches, et cetera, the access. But uh, I doubt many sign up for the downside, the stressors, as you highlighted. It, it's quite frightening when you think about it. You know, I remember the very moment that I found out that Princess Diana had died. I knew exactly where I was standing, exactly what happened and what country I was in at the time. And it shocked me. And, you know, they, she was the most photographed and harassed woman in the world. And mm-hmm. you, you, you instantly want to put blame on the press and the paparazzi for creating this situation that she experienced. You don't instantly go into other, other trains of thought at that time. And I think that, that we instantly want to blame the press for what happened to Britney. But do you think there were other factors involved in her getting to the place with her mental health that she did? Certainly. It, it certainly seems to me, just reviewing the record at the time and the information that's been revealed in the last decade plus, that she was subjected to the influence, again, of people who did not have her best interests at heart. You know, when you have someone who's a celebrity like Britney, and you have people out there who are looking to take advantage. Um, You know, it's very easy when someone is subjected to the kind of stressors that she was to wiggle your way in and put yourself in a position of trust and confidence um, and then do what you need to do to ensure that your position in controlling that person is solidified. And I think that's some of what we saw back when she was originally conserved was that she was being certainly influenced. There's a, I'm going to share something with you now, audience. Scott, even those in America is a Chelsea fan. Boo! Because we don't like Chelsea fans. But there is, there is, one of, one of my friends is a football agent. His name's Mikel Silvestre. And we spoke a little while ago about what happens to professional footballers that earn all of this money uh, after their career ends, and obviously their career ends, and so the, the, you know, the, the fix they get of adulation from the fans and everything else goes away. The, 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 the desirability of them as a professional goes away. But over 60% of professional footballers are broke within five years after retiring. And you see often them getting involved in various different investment schemes or, or projects, whatever it may be, and it's people that have, you know, found their way in, wiggled their way in and convinced them to do certain things with their money that weren't in their very best interests. Um, and so I suppose when you think about the conservatorship, maybe, maybe some of these professional footballers could have been given better advice and better guidance along the way. But that, that very rarely seems to happen. When, when we look at it in Britney's case, is it something that she says, you know what? Things aren't going as well as they should do. I need to get some advice uh, or I need to get some help here. Or is it thrust upon her and she's told? With regard to the conservatorship? Yeah. How does it, how yeah, is the mechanics of it? So, so Brittany, you're in a bad time of it. Things aren't going well. Okay, you're making all this money. You're driven mad by everything going on outside your head that's feeding into your head. What are the steps involved so that we can understand? 
Certainly. So anybody who is interested in the well-being of another person can petition the court to establish a conservatorship. And you can have a conservatorship of the person, which deals with their health care, or a conservatorship of the estate, which deals with their finances, or you can have both. But you can petition for conservatorship, and the court will have an opportunity, will take the opportunity to assign counsel to the proposed conservatee so that they have representation. And the court wants to hear from the conservatee, either through their attorney, preferably in person, because they want to know what does this person think about what they're being asked to do for them in essentially taking their rights away and putting another person in the position to make life decisions for them. So that's made more difficult when you have a situation where someone is compromised, right? Because they may not be able to speak their truth, right? But if the court sees that the person is compromised to such a degree that the court believes that they would be better off being protected by a conservator, then that's what the court's going to try to do. And I can tell you, having done this work for as long as we have and as much of it as we do, that the courts really try hard to get these right, right? And look at the person that is proposed for conservatorship and try to make a determination whether a conservatorship is even necessary or whether there are what we're commonly referred to as less restrictive means. Could we use a power of attorney? Could we use an advanced health care directive? Are there other methods less restrictive than a conservatorship? And actually the laws out here in California require that. But if they're not, then conservatorship is the option. Um, and there's really nothing in between. So when you have someone who's compromised, if you can't use those lesser restrictive means, then conservatorship is your path. How long does that process take? Is it like a month, six months, 12 months? What, how long does it from start to finish? Certainly on an emergency basis, which was the circumstances under which I understand Brittany's conservatorship was originally established, that can be done in a couple of weeks. But then there will be a hearing set out after that to establish a, and that's just for the temporary conservator. But then there will be hearings on maintaining that temporary conservatorship, whether to establish a permanent conservatorship or not. And then the court obviously checks in periodically uh, on those conservatorships as well. There are things, there are accountings that are required, other reports that are required to be filed, care plans, how the proposed conservator of the estate, I'm sorry, of the person intends to see that this person is cared for, et cetera. What do you make of Britney's father, Jamie, in all of this. Do you think he started off by trying to do the right thing, but other things have impacted his thoughts since? Yeah, it's a really convoluted question and answer, Spencer. I think, again, nothing's black and white, right? This is really shades of gray, because when you look at how compromised Brittany was when she was originally conserved, compared to where she is today, as a father, and I have young children of my own, I, I think it's hard to believe that she would be in the position she's in today, that she would be as well off today had her father not jumped in to help protect her from the forces that were encircling her. 
Um, I, I think it's really difficult to make a counter argument to that. Obviously, over the last 13 years, uh, her situation has improved. How much? We don't know. Um, that is really something that is subject to expert testimony. I am not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. Um, so, you know, I can't tell you, I can't make a professional diagnosis as to, you know, where she was and where she is today, right? That will be something that, you know, the court will have to determine based on, you know, the experts who do that kind of sort of work. The, the general public have a, or, or the Free Britney movement have a very different opinion of him, don't they? They believe that, mm -hmm. that he's, he was doing the right thing, but isn't doing the right thing anymore. And she should be given her freedom to decide whether she has a family, whether she manages her money differently. And and there's there's lots of arguments to suggest that, that at her age, after her experience now, that, that she should. But she's now saying, I'm not going to work until this is dealt with. And she's not saying, I want to take control. She's actually saying, I want somebody else appointed, isn't she? She said a couple different things. So and it's difficult to understand exactly what it is she wants. I think we're starting to see more clarity from her now that she has private counsel as opposed to court-appointed counsel that she is seeking to at least remove her father currently. And then it's it appears that the long-term plan is to seek to terminate the conservatorship entirely. I mean, you have a very special circumstances with Brittany because you have someone who is conserved so young under a very specific set of circumstances. And each of these cases rises and falls on its own. And that's why you can't generally make those kind of gross generalizations or characterizations about conservatorships because each person is an individual. So you have a situation with Brittany where she was conserved relatively young uh, under some difficult circumstances. But then we've seen over the last 13 years that she's certainly been able to function at a, a very high level, right? Whether it's the, the albums she's put out and the number of them, the concerts, the the in-house residency in Las Vegas, the, the the show that she was a judge on, the clothing lines, the you know the makeup, et cetera, right? I mean, she's she's a business, and I can tell you that that is certainly a gross exception from the circumstances that we normally see when you're talking about conservatorships. When we when we make comparisons here, we, it's important to remember for everybody to understand that the conservatorship there is a person and of, of a state, so they're two very different things, aren't they? One, as you mentioned, one is dealing with the cash, dealing with the money and the assets and whatnot, and the other one is yep. dealing with the person, which I find I find that one a little bit more unusual and a little bit more confusing. So, and what I've read and heard is that she isn't free to go on and have more children because of this. So what are the rules around conservatorship of a person? Uh, give me some better detail, detailed understanding there, please. Yeah, again, it, conservatorships are couture circumstances, right? They are designed and modulated for each individual. So they're personalized. You can have two people who have nearly identical circumstances have two entirely different conservatorships because one may need protections that the other one doesn't, right? Making decisions around whether they're capable of voting, whether they're capable of procreating, whether they're capable of marrying, 
those are all decisions that are left to the court and one conservatorship may have those limitations and the next one may not for a very good reason and that's why each of these cases are so fact specific based upon each individual's ability to make those decisions for themselves right and again this isn't it's not necessarily conservatorships aren't intended to stop people from making bad decisions right they're intended to help people who are compromised from being taken advantage of do you think that these laws that exist are somewhat archaic and should be changed and updated or do you think they are still specifically relevant to today i think they're still specifically relevant to today because you have so many layers of oversight right in in conservatorships here in California, you have, you file the petition, the court appoints an investigator who works for the court to basically do the court's legwork for it. The court appoints a court appointed counsel to represent the individual to determine what it is they want. And they are duty bound to advise the court what it is they want the proposed conservatee. And if the proposed conservatee says, I don't want to be conserved, then it's, it's their role to fight the good fight for them. In addition, as I've mentioned, the judges who make these decisions, who are faced with having to determine whether somebody should be put in a place to manage someone else's life, take those decisions very seriously. And they look at each of the individuals that have been proposed for conservatorship. They want to talk to them. They want to engage them. They want to make sure they understand what's going on, if they're capable of understanding. Um, and make sure that this is something that is well thought out, well examined, and it's made after doing the diligence that needs to be done. Are there, are there specific judges that specialize in this matter or can any judge deal with it? Generally, the probate court judges are the ones who deal with conservatorship and guardianship matters. Okay. And you say generally, and did that happen in this case? It did. And it's continuing in the, in the probate court here in Los Angeles. Okay. Step outside, go to a bar with a couple of your legal buddies on a Friday evening to have a, a sundowner. You're sitting at the bar chatting about the case. What, 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 are, what is the general opinion from people in your industry about what's going on right now? I think one, I think we're all excited that this is bringing attention to conservatorships and their importance in terms of their availability. If you have a compromised loved one who needs some help, that this tool is there. Right. And the courts are there to to help you. Uh, secondarily, I think it's important just to raise the issue, as we saw in the whether it was Netflix or whoever had the the, the movie. I care a lot about fiduciary and conservatorship abuse. Right. Again, more attention to these issues. Uh, I sit on the board of the Alzheimer's Association here in Southern California. And with the aging demographic, the premature rising number of premature Alzheimer's cases, you know, we're looking at a situation in the future where we're going to have a lot more compromised individuals, right, which just 
creates the opportunity for more victimization. So anything that brings attention to these issues and gives us an opportunity to make these processes better, because these are all, all laws are written by humans, right? And we as humans, we're inherently flawed. We try to do the best job we possibly can, but thankfully understanding our own failings are open to constantly reviewing, analyzing, modifying, improving um, those processes. So while I think that the laws as written are sufficient and they work, it doesn't mean that they can't be improved upon. The Free Britney movement has kind of like got ahead of steam. Um, quite a lot of social media uh, influence has been grown around that. That obviously brings light to this situation. Do you think it's, apart from bringing attention, do you think it's a, a wasted journey apart from that? No, I don't think so. I think it's important for those involved in the movement to make a difference um, in her life individually. And I think it's a secondary benefit to them that they're raising the profile on these issues. So, no, I think for them, I think they they feel like they're adding to the quality of her life. And I, I can't disagree that the the media attention that they've helped drive has certainly brought these issues and perhaps if nothing else has given her what she needs to feel supported and to make the asks that she has made is making and will continue to make so mm -hmm. if it's if for nothing else if it's just given her confidence you know good on them now you would have studied the bar in california i assume correct and there's lots of different directions you can go in once you've studied the bar. You can specialize in many different areas. How does a guy like you end up working in this specific field? What was it that attracted you to it? Did you get there by accident or did you get there through through an actual desire? What happened? It, it's a great question. Uh, I think like most people, I, I stumbled upon it. I studied wills and trusts probate in law school, enjoyed it, thought it was a great practice area. But I was a young lawyer when I was given the opportunity to handle a case in probate because none of the other lawyers in my firm had any exposure to it. And when I attended the first hearing, I saw how collegial the bar is. It's a, it's a relatively small bar compared to the civil litigation bar, for example. And we all tend to know each other. It's a small, robust, but uh, really kind um, smart, hardworking, diligent group of people that try to get things right, you know, for their clients, for people. And for me, coming from a small town in middle America, that sense of community resonated with me. And you get the opportunity in this practice area to help people, right? You get to help people at a time where they're in chaos. Either somebody they love has been lost or someone they love is compromised. And you get to hold their hand and tell them, you know, it's going to be okay. We have a path. We have a strategy, right? This is how we're going to get you through this. Uh, and then you get to hold their hand and, and get them through it and leave them in a better place than you found them. That's not necessarily the case in every practice area. So the human side is what I really love about what we do. 
So for most people listening to this right now, you throw in the word kind in, in front of being a lawyer. We agree with the other words, but I'm sure there'll be some people say, kind, kind? What do you mean, kind? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, look, when you think about it, it's, it, it's interesting how people take their journey. You know, so, sometimes I interview people that studied, I don't know, chartered accountancy and then become a petrochemical engineer. And you're like, what the hell happened there? You know, so they go off, they go off in different directions and they find things that, that appeal to them. If, if you were a betting man, okay, and I was going to put 50 bucks on, on the outcome, what, what do you think is going to happen in this case? What, what's, what's your guess? I think ultimately the conservatorship may be terminated. It seems that there has been significant enough growth from Brittany over these past 13 years. Again, just looking at the history that I went over with you concerning all of the things that she's done over the last 13 years to suggest that she should be allowed to manage her own affairs. Again, with, with the help of professionals, right? You had indicated earlier, a lot of footballers get sucked in by people who are not honest. And, you know, the stories abound here in Hollywood about stars, celebrities who've been victimized similarly. But if she puts the right team in place, you know, well-vetted, well-credentialed professionals, um, I, I can't see why she wouldn't be allowed to have that opportunity. But again, I don't know what the medical records, the medical experts are going to say. Hmm. So we're hopeful that the outcome will be a good one. Just give me a couple of last questions before I go. Can you give me an idea of the numbers, the, the amount of conservatorships there are in the state of California and the U.S.? Do you know roughly what the numbers are? I, I don't. I don't. It's not tracked by every court. Uh, or every state. There actually, there are very few states that track and report those numbers, so it's impossible for me to tell you. Why would they not? They're <clears throat> private proceedings, so generally, a lot of the file, as we've seen in Brittany's case, a lot of the file is uh, is not open for public review. So it's not something that people are digging into. Um, and let's be fair, prior to Britney's case, you know, you had the Casey Kasem case, you've had some other celebrities who've brought some attention to these issues, but they're just not sexy, right? In the vast majority of cases, like the stroke victim case that I highlighted earlier, you have, you know, mom or dad who suffers a stroke and they need help. So son or daughter or brother, sister, go to the court to ask the court to allow them to help this person because they've fallen ill and the court lets them do that, right? There's, it's, it's not sexy. It's not going to sell. It's not sensational. So it's not something that, you know, really gets reported upon. Casey Kasem was the, the other celebrity that's been involved in a case similar, yeah? Years ago, yes. So for those people, the younger people listening, won't have a bloody clue who that is. So <laughs> you don't have to worry, guys. But I remember him being a TV presenter when I was a kid. What did Radio he was his. Did he not do that at the top, the, the pop charts or something? He did. That's exactly. Yeah. Casey Kasem's top 40. Okay. And so just give me an idea about what happened to him. Is it similar or different? It's similar and different. Again, each of these cases is so fact specific. Mm -hmm. You had a situation there where you had Casey's children plot against his new wife, which is 
a very common circumstance we see in these cases. So obviously a different set of circumstances than what we saw in Brittany's case. We see a lot of people buying cryptocurrency when they don't know what they're investing in, um, don't understand what Bitcoin is or Ethereum is, but they want to get on the, the wave of the, you know, the, the, the growth that these, these assets have produced over recent time. And mm -hmm. a lot of people are losing money as well. Maybe, maybe a few of those people need to be put under a conservatorship. <laughs> if somebody's making money, somebody else is losing money. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go. I appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us today. I think everyone has learned some more about what's going on here. And the, the, the more we understand about it from people like you that are professionals rather than the gossip mongering and the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the fantasization and noise that's created around this kind of stuff, the better. And I just think that calm, collected, clear understanding has given us a better, better place to understand this from. But for those of you out there that are listening and you've got the hashtag free Britney on your Instagram, here you go. You're hearing it from people that know what they're talking about. We don't have to sensationalize this anymore. We can listen to the information. We can understand in detail what's going on uh, and we can make a better, more informed decision. Scott, thanks very much for coming to join us on the show. My pleasure. Thank you, Spencer. So it's always important to mention people that you partner with and partners for the podcast are Najahi events and Najahi tribe. Now, Najahi sounds like an unusual word and it is, but it's Arabic for my success. And Najahi have brought some of the world leading public speakers, motivational speakers, inspirational leaders across to Dubai over the course of the years and Abu Dhabi, mind you. And Najahi brought, I don't know, people like Tony Robbins, ever heard of him? Okay, Nick Vujicic, no arms, no legs, no worries. Lisa Nichols, Prince EA, Jay Shetty, uh, Alicia Keys, and people like this. And they bring them in and they run events. And from those events, we go and we learn from these incredible people. On top of that, they launched the Najahi tribe recently, where they have a collective of the world's greatest trainers, that literally you can join, become a member of, take advantage of a training from all of these different people, like real experts in their field. I've got a sneaky suspicion I might be one of them as well. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully you will go and check them out for me because you enjoy these episodes of the podcast. And remember, it's always team effort and I can't do it without the support of these people. So go check out Najahi Events, N-A-J-A-H-I events.com. I'll see you soon.